are listening to the Undecided State of Being podcast with James Drake. So I'm here with Rob Bercy, um, and this is the first micro-interview for Ordinary Wisdom, part of my podcast series that's going to talk to ordinary but very interesting people and gain the wisdom that they have through their life. Rob Bercy is 43 years of age and is now going into his second year as a firefighter, um, and he's had a varied past working with the animation industry as well as patient transfer units, and now is... Uh, working as a man who saves lives and jumps tall buildings in a single bound and probably runs faster than a speeding bullet, at least faster than I do. So this is 10 questions that's going to pull out a lot of ordinary wisdom from people that walk all different types of life. And so thank you very much for joining me today, Rob. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's start. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given that has impacted your life today? Wow. Um, <laughs> is a deep question. Deep cut right off the bat. Um, it's um, fatherly wisdom I got from my dad, which was, and I'm sure everybody's heard it, but is don't put anything off. Like do it now. You know, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Um, because I, I am a procrastinator. <laughs> And I do notice that when I'm staying on top of things, my life is going a lot more smoothly. And when uh, I start to procrastinate, everything just starts to butt up against each other and life becomes a lot more hectic, a lot more uh, bumpy roaded, if you will. And I tend to find um, uh, successes in my life have come from being on top of things all the time. So Awesome. So you kind of get that snowball effect when you're, when you let, let inaction or hesitation stop you from doing what you know you should be doing. Yeah. And sometimes it's just laziness. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's, uh, guilty uh, as charged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's just, um, I like lots of things, right? Yeah. I'm interested in so many things. And so I get sidetracked by my, by my interests. And so that's a procrastination as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, art, drawing, uh, working out, Friends, all you know, you, you want all these things to work, and, and this guy too, I got to take care of him. So, um, but that's you know, it's, it's all even with all those things that your loves, they can become a procrastination sort of trigger. So yep. you still have to learn how to manage them, and that's a big part of my um, the advice that I took and how I apply it in my life is I have to look at the goods, the good and the bad. And that's going to and weigh the outcomes. Me. Yeah, basically. makes sense. Yeah. A lot. One of the questions to ask sometimes is: is what is going to be the consequence of not taking action today, and find realizing uh, I don't want to bear that cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. So, describe for me um, someone who is famous in some way, whether it's a celebrity now or a, a historical figure, someone that you would have considered a hero to you growing up. And what were the major qualities that showed you that this person was worthy of looking up to? So a celebrity or just any individual? Well, yeah, because I find that most people will say someone like a relative, but I want to know from history or for a celebrity or a sports figure or someone, someone that you went, you know what? I really identified a lot with this individual. And here's the qualities later on in life that I realized that they had that made me attracted to who that person was. Hmm. Um, 
I tend to, I don't even know if I can even use these examples because they're fictional characters. Um, go for it. Um, like any of the characters from, um, some of the high adventure stories that, uh, you know, were very popular, uh, things like characters like Horatio Hornblower, um, Richard Sharp, the rifleman, stuff like that. Stories like about how these characters have insecurities. They have things that are, that are, uh, um, problems they have to overcome within themselves. And of course, because it's an adventure story, they have problems that they have to overcome externally. But you know, you can kind of see how, like in my life, there's been times when I've really doubted myself. And I would always, now I find I go back to these books and I think like, well, this guy, he's a major ass kicker. And he, yet he still, he took his doubts and he kind of looked at them and went, okay, I see that you're there. And now I'm going to basically put you over here because I have to focus on this. <laughs> and so those characters, uh, they're kind of in my mind a lot, even lately. Like I've just been, um, you know, being in an organization, you know, you're dealing with lots of different types of people and stuff and you have to really measure your responses both internally and externally. And, uh, and when I was growing up, they, they had that effect on me on how to deal with people in large groups and in small groups. And, um, cause I actually, I don't know if, uh, you know, being a longtime friend, I don't know if you know, uh, I suffer with social anxiety. I get that. And so I had to actually have, for lack of a better term, an attack plan on how to deal with people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that was, those characters didn't seem to have those problems, but yet they did. And mm -hmm. so I ended up, uh, Sort of not modeling after them, but definitely saying like these guys have qualities that I want to have for myself, and then fake it till you make it. I it's guess. very, uh, <laughs> it's very Greek myth um, when you think about the fact that there's a human flaw element to each of these heroes, hmm. right? Yeah, um, which makes them more universally translatable to yeah. who we are as people. Yeah. Uh, so I guess one of the main qualities you would be looking for that is like uh, an ability to kind of rise above challenges and persist through tough times Yeah. and how they were able to kind of just say, you know what, I'm going to get through almost like by sheer force of will. Yeah. And I can, I can say honestly in my life, like that I've had to do things like that a few times. Um, you know, I was working as an animation uh, artist, illustrator, that kind of thing at one point, and just staying afloat in that industry sometimes mm -hmm. requires a great deal of personal uh, um, confidence or or the ability to sort of say, yes, things like the boat's overturning, but I need to know how to, you know, i got to stay afloat mm -hmm. somehow. And, uh, you know, the, the long road to getting on with the fire department, that's the same thing, right? There's a lot, of, it's a very competitive environment. And it took time to, to get on. There were definitely days where I didn't think I would, there's that voice, right? And so you just have to keep trudging through the mud until you get to the dry part. Something an old, uh, a boss told me once was, um, when you can figure out the qualities of greatness that you identify with and admire the most, you'll have figured out why you gravitate towards certain people and why you hold other people at a distance or look at them with disdain when, when you see them not demonstrate those qualities. So someone who demonstrates weakness of character and, and willpower that they just can't, and it's always like the victim mentality. And so you're like, it's hard to say, I want to be close to you when they're almost the anathema of what you look up to. 
Right. So when you encounter people in the real world that kind of demonstrate these qualities, do you find that it's almost instantaneously that you go, I kind of like that guy, that, that person's, yeah. that's someone that like, it's easy to kind of identify oh, and for say, sure. this is yeah. someone I want in my circle. Yeah. I would say that, uh, there's just like a, uh, even ironically, even if like I have met some people where they have those qualities, but I don't like them mm-hmm. as an individual, like on a personal level, I'm just, I don't like them, but I find that I do have a great deal more respect for them. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't like them, I find I can work with them. And Cause there might be other them. traits that they exude exactly. that are yeah. not what you were looking for in a yeah. human being. Yeah. Right. And I don't, and unfortunately like, I'm not generally a negative person, but you know, sometimes you just meet people and they rub you the wrong way, mm-hmm. but they have those traits within them and I'm able to sort of like pull them out and apply them to, uh, to sort of my interactions with them saying, you know, like stubbornness sometimes can be frustrating, but in certain situations, stubbornness is extremely useful. Right. So, um, I'm stubborn. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is kind of going to play into that. So when you, I would say when you're looking at your life currently right now, what mm-hmm. is the, one of the biggest challenges that you're facing and what is your current plan to overcome it? Um, well, one of the challenges I'm having currently, it's ironic because it has nothing to do with where I am uh, professionally or anything along those lines. It's um, finding an outlet for my uh, creative side um, because for years, I, as I mentioned, I worked in the art industry and um, <laughs> it sounds counterintuitive, but that industry actually stifles your creativity. So for years, I was unhappy not knowing why. It was because I wasn't able to express myself. And uh, now it's it, it has happened long enough that I uh, I don't know how to do it anymore. So I'm, I'm kind of going through this sort of reawakening of uh, how to express myself visually uh, in writing and uh, uh, musically and stuff like that. So it's that's one of the – and the challenges are, you know – not looking back and saying, Oh, like I was this talented before and now I'm drawing considerably less than that. And musically I'm much less than that. So, because I let all those skills fade while I was pursuing other things. Mm-hmm. And that is the, that I'm finding right now is uh, the hardest thing for me to deal with personally. I mean, if that's my biggest problem in my life, I'm doing okay. <laughs> but um, the way I'm planning to overcome it is that I've, uh, because of the schedule I have on my job, I have a lot of free time. And I've, I've created a schedule that a lot makes me work minimum on certain things like uh, play guitar, mm. um, draw, paint, draw perspective, all these various things. Um, I have to do a minimum of one hour a day. And so I've got a little chart that I've made and I'm trying to fill it up with different colors. And at the end, there's like a, like a little hurrah. Sort of, so you're celebrating the victory. Yeah. Or right go now. me sort yeah. of thing. Right. And, uh, what's like a milestone. Yeah. Right. And so far since I started it, I think I started in February and I managed to accrue, I think it was 79 hours last time I counted just on those general things, That's which amazing. is it's a huge amount of work. Yeah. Right. So and, it's kind of recapturing, you know, your, I guess not just the skill, but the love of it as well. Yeah. And, and actually learning how to focus like that again. So, you know, you need to, you need to be able to learn how to just deep work, right. Instead of, uh, having the music going, 
texting people and going with the instant messaging. You have to put all that stuff away and literally deep work, get right in there and focus on the one thing. And it it's that itself is a skill that I, I'm trying to either, either I never had mm-hmm. or I'm learning, like relearning to be able to just get down to it. And after three hours of that kind of work, I am literally exhausted. So, but it's, it's an With no distractions, though, I bet you find that, um, it's amazing what you can accomplish in just a couple hours. Oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. So it's a, it's, I always find that it's very interesting when I'll, when I will actually disconnect from whatever is distracting me and get, say, get down to writing an article or, or scripting out a podcast. And next thing you know, I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe what I accomplished in like just an hour, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And it's because I wasn't checking my Facebook or looking at Twitter or yeah. checking Instagram or something like that. Or quite often what I have is like, I'll have calls in between and stuff and I've got to do work and I've got to coach people and stuff. So it, it, it's when you shut away the things that are taking away your attention from what you know you want to be doing. Yeah. It's totally different. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say that, uh, it's having a structure too, like things that I'm specifically trying to focus on. That's helped in a, in a pretty, and I had, and as an ironic, I don't know if it's ironic, but I find it humorous is I will be so deeply focused on something that um, my girlfriend will come in and into the studio and will say something or whatever. And I will, it'll take me a second to focus on what <laughs> she's talking because that's how deeply into the work I am. I get in trouble for them. From my life all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have like a pathological <laughs> inability to pay attention to me. You know, yeah, she's going to come right after she watches. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think she wants to just say, I'll, you, you do your thing, honey, and I'll do my thing. So when you think about 30 years into the future, What's going to be your legacy? What will you be remembered for? I have no idea. Or what so do you want to be remembered for? Um, I don't have any major goals like that for myself, at least not at the moment. Um, I want to be just remembered to my friends and family as just um, somebody who, you know, was focused, would sometimes disappear because of the, the focus that he had on things, but was like, if you really put up the call, like I would be there, um, you know, good friend, good listener, just somebody that other people, if I, so like, without being too hammy about it, that I could be there, Horatio Armblower, their sheriff, you know what I mean? So that they have somebody think, well, this guy did these things and was, uh, a good person. And accomplished a lot of things, and despite some of like his own personal challenges, um, you know, I, I, if I could have somebody speak kindly of, of me that way, I, then I think I would go happy. Right? Well, you so would have left the footprint behind you, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So, yep. All right. Cool. Some don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but um, uh, what is either your biggest regret right now, or what would you prefer to never be a regret in the first place? Um, biggest regret right now. Uh, it's just more of a personal thing. I had an opportunity, I don't know, 10 years ago to, to uh, join a tall ship sailing crew. And it was, they were going to sail around the world. And uh, I, I didn't go. I didn't go. I, I should have gone. And, uh, and my, my reasons for going were, uh, 
were not strong enough to have not gone. Um, so it was me giving in to fear kind of thing, uh, fear of a big change, fear of potentially losing friends and stuff like that. And, and I shouldn't have, uh, you know, cause any friends that are going to be your friends are going to be there when you come back. Right. And so I, I regret not doing that because it was a one year adventure that, you know, now that I'm getting, I'm on the, on the job I have now, I'll never be able to do that. Right. So it's, it's one of those things where, uh, maybe when I retire, but who knows physically will I be able to do it? Will it still be an option? Um, yeah. So, you know, I've always wanted to learn those skill set, see the world in that way. You missed out on an, on an adventure that would have been almost like living through a childhood imaginary tale. Yeah. 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 And, and you're learning, I, I kind of a bit anachronistic in that way. Like I'm very fascinated by old things, by, the way things were done, gentlemanly politenesses and uh, the way society was. And and yes, it has its downfalls in lots of ways, but there's a lot of beauty in it. Mm-hmm. And um, being part of the way that people traversed our planet, you know, when the flight wasn't a thing and steam power wasn't a thing. They used the sail and they used the wind. And right. You're learning that skill set that just, uh, I guess I romanticized it enough that I really wanted to try it. So. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cool. What would you say is your greatest strength um, that makes a continuous positive impact on your life and the life of other people? Could you repeat that? Yep. What would you say your greatest strength is that makes a continuous positive impact on your on your own life as well as the lives of other people? Um... Ah, that's a tough one because I'm. I don't know if I'm introspective enough to actually be aware of what it is. Um, if I, I mean, this sounds like a kind of a hollow answer. If I had to answer that, then I would say um, there's like a there is a stubborn loyalty to me. So uh, it takes a lot for me to basically be like. You know, you're done. We're done. You're out of my life. Whatever, and and it's uh, hard for me to do that to people. And so, like, if I have committed myself to a friendship or to whatever with you, then the chances are pretty good that I'm going to stick around. And in the rare cases that I I haven't, it's because it has been detrimental to me. Right? Um, I, I'm not. I can't watch. You know, you have. We all have those friends who. We love, we can't watch them sink, yeah. right? And so <clears throat> you throw them lifeline after lifeline after lifeline, they choose to ignore it. So it becomes toxic. And as somebody like, again, the social anxiety, and occasionally I, I, I've had dealt with some depression, I can't watch that, right? Because then I, I empathize too strongly. So I start to, it puts me into a darker, darker It's place. almost like you've gone into the, you start to orbit around that negativity and, yeah. you, and the gravity well of it Yeah, can really suck suck you in. Yeah, right? and I absorb it yeah. and then, you know, I start to carry it for other people mm-hmm. and, and it's just, um, it's a strength that you can do that, be that, that vessel to help people, right? But then um, that, that, that's loyalty, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess as something that, uh, Maybe not to help others, but at least to to help myself was being 
which in a weird way comes around to being able to help others is realizing now when I've hit my limit with that. Right. Because um, you're not going to be any help to anybody. You know, if you can't carry your own stuff, then I can't carry your stuff. Right. Right. And so that was probably one of the biggest things that came to me was being aware of myself enough to go like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. Right. It's being able to sometimes say, I'm really sorry. I love you, but you got to go. Or, um, you know, being like, I'm really sorry. I can't talk about this right now and we need to stop. So I don't know if that answers the question. No, that's that's good. Um, when you think about what your best life could look like visually, what would, what is that? What, what does it look like? What is the best life Rob Bercy can lead? What does it manifest like physically? Uh, that's a tough one. Everybody thinks about that, right? And I think that uh, everybody, I think in a lot of cases for a lot of people, they have several uh, ideas of what their best life is, you know, depending on what's influencing them at the time or mood or any other number of things. So uh, if you could be doing something right now, like this moment, this moment, and say you were by yourself or with, or with Nikki, your girlfriend. Yeah. Um, what would it look like? Where would you be? What, you know? Um, I'd probably be, I love Tofino. I'd probably be in Tofino. Um, you know, I love the little town. I love the, uh, uh, the rainforest, the culture there, like all the nature and stuff to that degree. Uh, the fact that the ocean is right there is also super fascinating. And it's, it's a kind of a rugged place. It's very, um, it's becoming less so because it is, it's becoming more of a Canadian surfer mecca. But I surf, so I like that too. Um, it's a it's a beautiful place, and if I could be anywhere, my perfect life would be kind of there, um, working with my hands, you know, woodworking or something along those lines, uh, doing art, uh, and maybe running a like a small bed and breakfast or something lines for other people mm-hmm. so they can also appreciate the beauty that's Tofino. Well, it's got that combination of you can be very active, but it's very serene as well. Yeah. Right. It's so you can kind of almost ever been. hit all the right emotional levers yeah. that you need. Yeah. And also I like that. Uh, the, the, you'd want to also have some ability to allow others to facilitate that same feeling. Yeah. If I, if the, I mean, if I had to do it right now, that would probably be it. But okay. That's well, it could change tomorrow, right? Yeah. But but that's the, I always find it. When very, I win the lottery, I find it very interesting when people <laughs> visualize what the, their best life looks like, right? right? Uh, because everyone's version is different, mm-hmm. and some people have widely different things. You look at Instagram, and some people's version is is a bunch of Lamborghinis and hot babes in a swimming pool yeah. with an infinity pool that's overlooking whatever, yeah. um, and it's all about the bling and the money, or that's the, at least the image. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really convey an emotional sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas what I'm more interested in sometimes is like, you know, how does your visual best future translate on an emotional, intellectual le- level versus just, you know, the superficial? Yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah. So what is the single biggest area of opportunity right now that you're working on to improve? <laughs> the one thing that surprised me about being on the fire department was just, uh, how fast I lost uh, lost my physical fitness. That's ironic and it sounds counterproductive, but um, 
you know, you have to be vigilant for yourself on that job. You know, there are guys that are in really good shape. There are guys that are in average shape. There are some guys that are not in good shape and girls. And that's not a judgment on any of them. Um, it's just, that's just how people are. People are like that, right? Um, I put on a lot of weight when I first started a job. Like, uh, I started at 208 and went to 234. And so what's happening now is the goals right now is like I'm losing weight. I've lost a ton of weight and I've already noticed a dramatic improvement in my performance on my job. Um, when it comes to like really like the physical output on this job is like, you're, it's like nothing, 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 hundred percent go a hundred kilometers an hour right now and go as fast as you can. And then nothing, nothing, nothing. And cause you're just waiting around for people to have a bad day. Yeah. And, uh, so that like, as far as like, Right now, some of my biggest improvement or things to focus on for improvement has, has just been physical, personal, uh, kind of getting um, the upstairs library a little bit more organized, you know, so I've been back to meditation and uh, yoga minimum of once a day and uh, meditation every morning if I can. I, I can't do it at work, but uh, uh, when I'm home. How has that affected your mental state? the physicality of re recapturing kind of where you were as opposed to what happened in the, you know, say first, you know, half a year that you were working. You mean uh, fitness wise or? Yeah. How's the fitness and the yoga and the men uh, and the meditation really played into your mental state and focus on the job? Um, well, there's a lot, there's some self-confidence there. Um, I mean, I remember once we had to go up a bunch of stairs cause an elevator was out and I got to the top of the stairs. This is where I first realized that like things had gone a little further than I wanted. And I thought, my heart was just going to explode out of my chest and I wasn't alone. Like everybody I was with was the same. And, um, you know, thankfully it wasn't a huge emergency. Like it was under control really quick, but it was like that moment where I was like, this can't continue anymore. So, and it made me realize I was not confident and, um, and I hadn't been doing yoga, so you get into tight spaces, trying to get through things. You can't bend and flex and stuff. So now getting back to it, I'm finding uh, – I'm even slightly meditative now on my way to a call. So we get the tones, we jump in the truck, and it's going 100 kilometers an hour down a city street. Sirens are going, lights are going, and I have a, a process that I do to get ready with my gear. And everything's slow, and I'm breathing, and I'm just sort of like – Zone. Going very zen. Yeah. Yep. And um, and so and that combined with my uh, sort of feeling more confident in my physical output abilities and my endurance and stuff like that has made me kind of feel like okay now I can contribute again now I'm I'm going I'm I'm being what I thought I would be when I got this job mm -hmm. I'm getting back to that and I think that I my picture of what. It, what, what Rob Bercy, the firefighter, would be is now closer to, again, what my original idea was. Right so You're in a better position, I guess, just mentally focused to handle stress and chaos, but also the physicality and the confidence you have to go, if I need to pick that person up and run, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's great. All right. Um, if, if you could change one person's life for the better, Besides yourself. Yeah. Who would it be and why? That's a tough question because I do it all the time, right? I do it every day when I'm at work. So 
in some way or so another. So you get one chance. A genie, poof, has appeared and said, Rob Bercy, you have the opportunity to make one person that you know's life better mm-hmm. forever. Who would it be? Why? So that's difficult for me because I love a lot of people, right? And so as soon as I think about that, it seems like I immediately think about how I'm excluding another person. Um, or who you feel would benefit the most and maybe do the most with what you give them. Yeah. Um, I have uh, one of my brothers. He, uh, you know, he's he struggles with some stuff. And so I feel like he could really use that, sort of that, uh, that little bit of a, a boost to help him out. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's got some, he's got some challenges going on in his life, uh, personally and, uh, and I think emotionally, he's not a big talker, so we don't know, but he, um, I would, I would probably use it for him because he, uh, you know, growing up, he was my best friend and we were inseparable. And then, uh, you know, as teenagers do, they, they find friends and they go and they do, they go separate directions and, you know. He's a super capable guy. He's like uh, unbelievably uh, gentle and, and generous, and and always always there for you. But uh, he's just he's gotten you know handed a sack of coal, right? And so I think he, I would like to see things kind of go a little better for him. So it'd probably be him. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think everyone when they think about the people in their lives that they could help if they could. Not fix someone, but make the universe shift in a way that opened real pathways towards a brighter future for that person. Yeah. There is always one or two people that you look at and go, this person puts so much of themselves into the world and they keep getting kicked in the teeth. Yeah. For me, it's my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law is the heart of gold and, you know, lost his son to a car accident and, and works multiple jobs and just had a stroke and all these different things. And you you think, Jesus, like such a good person Mm -hmm. who works hard, does the right things. And yet life just keeps fucking with them. Yeah. Right. Keeps kicking them when they're down. And so you're like, at the same time, you get like, I don't know how I would make that person's life better. Yeah. And I don't always know if by making it better, I'd be doing them a service either. It's, I wish that I could maybe give them a bit more of my emotional fortitude, but at the same time, I gotta say, for a guy who keeps getting life thrown at him, he also handles it very well. So everyone has their thing. He keeps getting up. And, you know, to your, to your point, um, despite life's challenges, your, your brother has remained a good character person. Yeah. Um, and some people don't do that life kicks yeah. in the teeth and they kind of sour on life too. So. I, I think he's lucky. Well, lucky maybe it's a bit of a humble brag, I guess, but he, uh, he's surrounded by good people. His family's good. We, I mean, we do our best to support him yet at the same time. We don't, we don't hover around. Do like, how's this problem? What's you're not coddling him. You're not yeah, enabling. Like, and he's a grown man yeah. and he makes his own decisions. And, and, uh, I'm close enough with him. I think anyway that, uh, you know, sometimes if something happens, I'll just say to him, like, yeah, that sucks, man. Maybe you should think about this instead. Mm-hmm. But that's a very masculine response to problem solving, right? <laughs> Giving him a problem. Yeah. He, there's the problem. Here's how you solve it, right? Yeah. Sometimes people don't need that. And uh, so I, I try a little bit of that with him, but then mostly I'm just like, well, man, I'm around if you ever need an ear or 
you know, just want to come out and get away for a night, come crash at my place and play some video games or something and just hang out. So, so last question. I'm going to change this one because the, the last one you already answered the one question I had, but I thought about this is, is if you think about the questions you you've gone through today mm-hmm. and you got a chance to sit down and interview some ordinary but interesting person, who would you want to ask those questions to to find out more about? Ordinary but interesting person. Could be famous too. I don't care, you know, but if you could sit down and ask those same questions to someone. Um, I have met uh, some pretty fascinating people since I started this job. Um, there was a, I mean, unfortunately he's passed away, but, uh, there was one person that I met when I was in patient transfer and he, uh, he was Spanish guy and he, uh, was in a nursing home, but he spoke seven languages and he had, uh, a doctorate in math, uh, like astronomy. He had 13 children. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, just very nice. I got one. It's hard. Yeah. 13. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, his wife just adored him. And, uh, he, he, uh, I would, I mean, if he was still around today, I would probably want to sit down and chat with him because he, uh, you know, coming from South America, he somehow came from South America with the, managed to get a crazy education. And he clearly didn't come from money. Because in poor part, like as you get poorer in South America, you have more children, right? He had 13 children. So he managed to have 13 children, dig himself out of the hole, work as a professor for astronomy in, in, I think it was a professor for astronomy in, I can't remember what university it was now. And uh, still learned to speak all these languages, seven languages. Had time for all his children, had time for his wife. His At his funeral, everybody was there. Like every member of his family was there and they were all looked distraught to see him pass. So that's an individual I wouldn't mind sitting down with if he was still around today. So cool. very yeah. cool. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah. Thanks for I appreciate this. You're my yeah. first interview. Yeah. <laughs> and this will be the first one deleted. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna watch this one. This is the first. But um no, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks. My pleasure. You are listening to the Undecided State of Being podcast with James Drake.